Yeah, we're streaming. Okay, hello. Welcome, everybody. Karen here from Accentuate the Positive Media and uh, Blissful Beings and the Inner Sanctum. Ah, gee, I'm doing a lot of things these days. But welcome, everybody, uh, who is... Let me go to Restream. Let's see who's the dashboard. Let's see who's joining. Welcome, everybody, who's watching and listening to this. Today is a special live broadcast. I have the goddesses with me from the goddesses from down under with me <laughs> a few of them let me show you look at them who are uh, we're going to chat about the uh, Australian floods so Catman and Dara who is um, fabulous who has the podcast with Linda Coulterburge and Angela Anderson and a few other people uh, Third Eye Salon he noticed uh, he loves the Aussies he noticed that there isn't a lot of um, news about what's happening down under really since Christmas time and uh, the devastation of the Australian floods. Of course, here in Australia, we're all inundated with it because our friends are affected and it's, you know, it's all over the news and everything, but it's not really being broadcast overseas. So he came up with the idea to do a show to broadcast and have, have people share their stories about what's going on and and, um, and if you would like to help some of the people that are in dire circumstances rebuild their lives, because, um, yeah, that would be fantastic. We appreciate the, uh, the donations. I'm going to pop some links for where you can donate under the, under the videos that are live streaming on Twitter, YouTube and Facebook. And uh, you can um, pick where you want to donate, but we'll talk about what's happening. So, of course, when the Australian fires happened a couple of years ago, it was all over the world and people were raising money left, right and centre. And there was millions, like probably billions. There was so much money raised for the people in the Australian fires. But a lot of that money went astray and, and companies that raised it didn't release it. Um, all at once, like I know when people raised, there was an Australian comedian that raised millions of dollars on Facebook and Facebook wouldn't release it all at once. They were sort of drip feeding it. And there was a whole kerfuffle with the money actually getting to where it was supposed to go. And so people have been very reticent to actually um, donate to the struggle with the Australian floods because of what happened during the Australian fires. So what's happening now, people are raising funds with their own crowdfunding platforms so it goes directly to them rather than going through big corporations and the money just doesn't get to them and people get left out. But let me introduce you to these gorgeous goddesses. <laughs> Who will I start with? I'll start with Yia because she's up the top. Yia, Yia is, um, oh, hang on, where are we? Yia Alias, a ceremonialist, transpersonal counsellor, women's mystery teacher and shamanic practitioner Yia is also the custodian of a beautiful piece of land just outside, uh, outside of Sydney called Hearth Ground, which has been completely devastated for the, for, by the floods. Welcome, Yia. Uh, thank you. And not completely devastated. <laughs> thank you. I can oh. paint a picture of how that looks a little later. Yeah. Okay, thank yeah, you. not completely. But you, you went through the fires as well and the floods after the fires back in 2020 yeah. and then again in 2022. And, uh, and the gorgeous Heather, where are we? Where's my Heather Price? Is a shamanic path practitioner, mentor and trainer, clinical counsellor, ceremonial holder, presenter, speaker, community service provider and an author. And she's, going to, she's up in Queensland and she's going to tell us about what she's been experiencing. Welcome, Heather. Oh, I think you're muted. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Lovely to be here. And Etty, another gorgeous goddess here in Sydney, good friend Etty, 
Ayalon is an Israeli-born light worker and energy healer, passionate about the fusion of shamanism and Kabbalah in her energy work and offerings. And Etty put on a a function here in Sydney um, with all beautiful musicians and people raising money. So she's raised a couple of couple of thousand dollars for people in need um, through that. So she's going to talk to us about your experience. Welcome, Etty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful to be here. And also in about, well, now, actually, uh, we're having someone join us. She's only got 10 minutes to talk. Sama Balson. Balison. How do you say her name, last name? Balison. No, I say Balson. Balson. There you go. I got it wrong. Who is, let me introduce you before she gets on. Hopefully she can get on. She's in, she's in the middle of dropping off her child from school and going to work. She's just started last year. She joined the council, Byron Shire Council, but she's a, a director, designer, creator, Mother Earth and electoral council of Byron Shire Council. Summer is the founder and director of the Women's Village Collective, which is an Australian charity established for the betterment of women's lives to help them overcome housing adversity and combat and combat housing insecurity or, or home she said not homelessness but housing insecurity so yeah she's helping women in need up at, in the Byron Shire which is where a, a lot of the floods have devastated that northern rivers area which is the top of New South Wales and um, the bottom of Queensland if any of you overseas knows the geography of Australia the, the rain has been very concentrated in those areas, which incidentally is the place where there are so many light workers, so many. It's a really concentrated place. It's a bit like the Chasta, Sedona areas in the States. And um, so many, there have been whole country towns that have been wiped out, huge landslides and all sorts of things. So we're going to look at, I'm going to share a few pictures with you. But while we're waiting for summer to jump on, who would like to start? Etty, would you like to start with what you were doing in Sydney? Thank you, Karen. Um, so what before the floods, a week before the floods, there was a beautiful gathering called Unity. And at Unity, all our beautiful elders, yeah, Indigenous aunties. It's a gathering where all the tribes come together and uh, we were held by the beautiful energy of our elders and uh, Indigenous wisdom keepers. And a week after that, the floods happened and we were all together and they gave us so much and to hear that they lost, that Lismore was just covered in water. The whole town disappeared underground. Um, Year was flooded at hearth ground and then summer and another sister and everything that happened in the Byron Shire, you know, my heart went out. Um, Heather's heart, all our hearts went out and we were thinking, what can we do? How can, how can we support? Because we weren't there on the ground. I live in Sydney, so we weren't there on the ground to help. Um, and uh, we all here belong to a group called the Vision Keepers and Heather put out a call, what can we do? How can we help? Uh, so I suggested a fundraiser, but the difference in this fundraiser is that we actually gave of ourselves um, so that people could purchase and receive gifts for their donation because there are a lot of 
fundraisers already happening. So we thought, what can we do differently and how can we really be of service to support um, the people in need? And so the beautiful vision keepers all said yes and collaborated in the most amazing way. We created a week campaign where we had events and offerings and people could just donate at the door because we were aware that a lot of people had donated to a few causes already. Um, and then we had beautiful vision keepers that donated their uh, offerings, their healings, their coaching sessions, their voice alchemy sessions at discounted prices as well. And then other vision keepers that donated their products, their beautiful vibrational essences and crystals and indigenous art. Um, and we put it together really quickly. It was so beautiful to see the response and we managed to raise just over four thousand dollars and distribute it to those aunties and elders like Yia and Sea Lotus that will jump on soon to support them um you know a little bit in because it, it, it is a drop but it means a lot and it is a lot um and it was just a beautiful to be able to do that yeah You're on mute, Karen. Yeah, I'm multitasking like a demon here. <laughs> I'm streaming on about five platforms, so I'm, I'm adding the links under each platform. So I'm adding some links for where people can donate. Uh, I'm using a new technology so I can stream on different platforms. I'm not sure if I add the link in the chat on the, on the technology, if it'll get to all the different platforms. But uh, thanks for that. We still haven't got summer hasn't jumped on yet. Um, Yia, would you like to share what's been happening with Hearthground and the floods? Thanks, Etty. Thank you. Well, firstly, <clears throat> I really want to thank um, the Vision Keepers and thank you, Etty, for initiating that uh, extraordinary fundraiser. Um, we were quite shattered that night when we went in, in um, and I <laughs> To be honest, I was very overwhelmed by the love and the beauty that came rushing at us and Buru running at me and hugging me and then you. And, um, and by the time the evening was completed, you know, there was that real beautiful holding of love and care and it was humbling, overwhelming. It, it was truly very, very special. So thank you. Um, at the moment, we're in the space of restoration and retrieval still. We're still finding bits of uh, furniture down in the creek. Um, the I think for us now, we're just dealing with the big ticket items and, and just seeing those things that are need uh, replacing, which is um, vehicles and computers and ride-on mowers and um, sound systems and... Um, generators um you know all those all those big um big ticket items and we can't sort of deal with it all at once everything you know it's when we get to the next thing we realize oh that's broken oh that needs mending oh that's got mud in it um so and it's taking ages like um Nick only hasn't quite got yet to one of the cars to see if he can get underneath it to see what he can do with it 
One car is down by the emergency area, which was meant to protect it. And the poor little thing, it's got its doors flung open. <laughs> and it's been like that for five weeks um, down there. Um, yeah, do you want to share what happened when you shared with me? Uh, you, you know what happened yes. during during the middle of the night because it was a bit of a because I remember we so the Vision Keepers is a, is a group that we all belong to in Australia. Heather Heather's um, started the group. She's the brainchild behind it. And um, let me just change the view. And and uh, um, it is to support the light, the leaders in, in the conscious community. Well, in Australia, really, we're, we're supporting each other. That's what the Vision Keepers is all about and um yeah when i saw you at the fundraiser you, you shared with me so beautifully what was happening uh what happened that yeah. night well, thank you karen i'd like to preface it that we have not lost our home um and like many others and i also want to say that everybody's experience of the flood is very unique to their own experience and um and everyone is experiencing their own levels of trauma and shock you know, dependent on their circumstances. Uh, for us here, uh, it was dark. It was the early hours of the morning, around five, it was still dark. And we, Nick heard a sound and he uh, alerted me and we jumped up and the waters were rushing into the house. So they, were, they weren't only rushing, they were like waves at a beach or something. I was so shocked. And we had our little torches splashed into the water out of bed and then um, held the torches out into the, you know, into the grounds of the place through the window and just watched this river of waves pushing past. And I think I just went into overdrive. I, I just uh, lifted things up high as quickly as I could. I, I ran around, saved children's books. I got their photo albums up. Um, I just, I, I grabbed blankets to put them up high. And uh, very interestingly, one of the things I noticed in the darkness then I flashed my torchlight out the other window, I saw something and I didn't even realise it was a crate of books that was disappearing, uh, my son's collection of books. And the book that I saw was Future Proofing Australia, <laughs> how to, um, what is it, uh, how to deal with climate change, something like that. And that was very ironic that that book should be there. And I said to Nick, what's that? And I said, what you're witnessing is a whole container of books floating away. And that container of books uh, had been in with the washing machine, shelves of stored goods, all of that disappeared. All of that was gone. It was just so overwhelming. The orchard was um, almost brought to its knees. It was uh, the giant water tanks had moved off their, uh, their positions and now found themselves on top of the garden. The uh, netting was all down. Everything that was stored, all the wood piles had come now into the garden and smashed down the plants. All the debris had come out of the storage sheds. One of the storage sheds had collapsed. The old tantric turtle coffee machine was ruined. All the bell tents were ruined. Uh, all the things for community service were gone. Uh, the washing machine disappeared. Uh, uh, things from the red tent completely disappeared. Like who knows where the green couch is. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so that was that morning and our first instinct was to let the waters drop and then plough through lakes of water and mud and go up the mountain through the waterfalls to check on our neighbours. So our first instinct was to make sure the community was safe and uh, make sure that everyone at White Gums was safe. 
and then uh, we proceeded to come back and create an island of, of uh, sanity. That's what we did, yeah. Oh, um, Do you want to share with people yeah. what Half Ground is about, what, what the intention? I met year in 2014. I put on a Peace Day festival and here and Nick had this fabulous truck called the Tantric Turtle, which uh, created beautiful, healthy food and, you know, coffees and chai tea and stuff. And it used to go to festivals all around Australia, didn't you? You did that for years. And uh, you came to Sydney and uh, unfortunately we didn't have the people turn up. But anyway, and so that's when I met you all those years ago. And, and then you stopped that and, and bought this bit of land to turn it into an intentional community. Do you want to share with people what that's about? Yes. It's um, <clears throat> firstly, the poor tantric turtle went under. If anyone could believe that giant truck could possibly go underwater, it did. And we had just renovated it. But that's another story. Um, look, we're not exactly an intentional community. What we do here is um, we hold community space uh, in act in the uh, service of ceremony, caring for land and connecting to land. And uh, these floods have activated for us here to, um, you know, turn it uh, much more into an educational space in service to the to others. So I have cancelled a public speaking event that I was meant to be at on the Anzac Day weekend. And because um, I felt like I was at a huge crossroads of responding to the land here and we're having an educational weekend here with David Holberton holding a permaculture weekend um, uh, in the through the lens of responding to the shifts in climate um, yeah and you know how we can manage our soils and our plant and our uh, plants and growing uh, with the effects of climate change and what will be coming into the future yeah perfect beautiful we're still waiting for summer she hasn't jumped on yet i don't know where she is so heather let's go over to you uh let me let me add you to the spotlight um what have you been seeing in the um in queensland with the with the floods hi and hi everyone else um lovely to be here what we have been seeing here in Queensland, well, we're very close to the northern New South Wales, when southeast Queensland for people overseas who wouldn't understand that. So we have a, a New South Wales, northern New South Wales, there's a border and across the border, we have southeast Queensland and I'm a little bit above the border in the mountains, in the hinterlands. And we have the Sunshine Coast, which was flooded um, very quickly. We had um, uh, I, I tried to find out how much rain, but it was an unbelievable amount of rain that came down very quickly over the uh, Sunshine Coast and over the mountains. We probably have double up here. And it was extraordinary just to wake up to floods everywhere in the lower lands. And I'm on the mountains, so it even tried to come into my house. I had to dig trenches and um, keep the water flowing. So I was able to do that. But I went for a drive a few days later to take my son home and the whole valley, like everything was just, I could not believe these huge big pieces of you know, government equipment, um, roadworks, uh, caterpillars, uh, tractors, just under the water. And I've never seen that ever, you know, usually they're the sort of, you can get them out, but there was no time. And I think it's, floods are devastating. But the rain itself is so damaging because it holds you back. You can't do anything in the rain. You know, when the rain's pouring down in bucket boats, 
out of the sky, inches upon inches. And I mean, some people were talking 30 inches of rain in 24 hour period. It was just bucketing down. And I know my, my um, uh, watering can was completely full and kept overflowing. So, you know, you measure that by inches uh, in one night. So I think the rain itself did so much damage in collapsing banks. That was the problem in the Northern rivers, the banks, the holding banks, the mountains, the sides of the mountains, the roads, never seen anything like it. They just caved in and completely cut people off. Um, in the Northern rivers, the, they have a, you know, lots of people live up on the, on the, on the, in the hinterland there, and they're still flooded in 40 to 50 families are still flooded in there. And um, at least they were, they were two weeks ago. And I imagine that's still happening. We've had lots of rain since the floods and it's the constant rain. It's not allowing that the roadworks to be done and the roads to be repaired. So people are getting in with backpacks um, on their back. That's how they get in and out. There's been electricity cut off. There's, you know, all the services, internet. Uh, they're very isolated and the, uh, there's been helicopter drops from the government, but initially there were private helicopters that came in and um, dropping off food. And also in the very early stages, rescuing people off rooftops um, the people who were able to get to the top of their roofs, I don't know how they do that, uh, were rescued. And this is, I've, I've been witnessing floods all of my life. Uh, 38 years on the land, I was in flood areas and I've experienced dozens and dozens of floods. Um, and just to give you some idea, I was reading last night that there were 37 floods in, um, in the Hawkesbury area, which is in, in Sydney where Yee lives, over a period of 40 years, there were minor and major floods. So floods is something that we've had to live with for a long, long time. And I have seen a lot of floods, a lot of flood damage. We had creeks and rivers on our property and we had to you know, build levee banks all around our house and our yards and our, it was a, a farming and grazing property so that it, we had, you know, we went flooded in all the time. So I'm very familiar with floods, but honestly, this flood was extraordinary to see these whole houses up to the rooftops flooded in. It was the trauma that came with that and the constant rain that continues, it still continues, that is creating a lot of damage, emotionally damage, and emotional damage, trauma, um, that is of a great concern. Um, so that's a little bit of an overview and I've been in touch with Summer a lot and other vision keepers um, just to help, you know, then a lot of people, I hear a lot of things. I'm sort of like people tend to tell me things and there's still a lot of people, thousands of people who need assistance to recover and it will take time. And it's not just like recovering from this flood. There was a flood in 2020 after the fires and uh, 21, I think it was. Um, and, you know, we've had like, it's consistent, but it's such a, the build-up that gets to us when we need to have resilience to manage that. Thank you. Thanks, Heather. So Summer can't make it. I've just been chatting with Summer. She's driving now. She's on her way to work. She couldn't connect because she was on the road and the Zoom link wouldn't connect. Uh, but I asked her to share the flood because uh, Summer is the person that's working for the council um, she says that she's um, she'll send it. But we've got Lynn Sea Lotus here. Lynn, do you want to come on camera, darling one? Put your camera on. 
Lindsay Lotus Edmondson is an international facilitator and founder of handsaroundtheworld.com.au, working alongside the arts and ceremony with Indigenous Aboriginal nations. Lynn is a Bridgewater ceremonial leader focused on unity. Lynn has recently been displaced by the current floods in her hometown of Lismore. So Lismore was the place where it was, uh, you have to unmute yourself, where it was, um, it were, I don't know if it was worst hit, but Lismore was just devastated. Lismore is a, a, the largest country town up in the Northern Rivers region where many people go to, to get the things they need, you know, to, yeah, if you're building houses and, you know, where all the shops are really. Hey, Lynn. Hey, Diane. Good morning, Karen. Thank you uh, for inviting me to speak today about our experiences, our direct experiences um, in the Northern Rivers area. I've been a, <clears throat> a Northern Rivers area resident since 1988, off and on. I had a stint in the desert for seven years with the elders, um, then came home again. I love my country, love it so much. But at the moment, I'm now in Tasmania, as I have nowhere else to live. Oh, really? You moved down to Tasmania? I'm here in Tasmania for six months uh, with members of my family here who helped me find a home so I could become stable for my family in the Northern Rivers who are trying their best to rally because our family were completely annihilated by these... Um, these events. Do you want to share your experience with us? What happened? Uh, well, I was in the 2017 floods and that was hard enough. And we rebuilt and spent a lot of time, five years working hard and creating beautiful spaces for each other in our family, getting on with our lives. We didn't get much help then. I think we got like thousand dollars each that was that and if you lost your job or something you did get some assistance from our government if you could you know <laughs> rally the paperwork etc um but these floods this is biblical to me um as a as a visionary artist um and listening deep listening i practice deep listening with Mother Nature, and I have all my life since I was four, being a dreamer. Um, I had a dream about water coming in through the roof of my kitchen. And I rang around all of my family and friends and said, hey, we're in for this. I don't know what's going on, but we are going to be, this is going to be bigger than we thought. So everybody decided, because they know my dreams are pretty full on and spot on, so they decided, oh, okay, so everybody got their things up as high as possible. Like in one place we put things up on a mezzanine floor by forklift to make sure things were out of the way. Now I'm talking 17 metres up high off the ground. That did not help. You know, <laughs> This thing, I don't know, someone's going to have to start looking at that levee in Lismore, whoever built it or decided it, perhaps that's the reason. Who knows? Maybe it's the cloud seeding they keep talking about. 
Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that in a moment. I'm just going to share some some photographs. Uh, this is on some um, Facebook pages, uh, some media Facebook pages. Can, can everyone see that? Yeah. Oh, maybe I, I need to. It. I need to change my view. Uh, this is. Um, I think this is Lismore. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, where are we? Yeah. See the. See the road signs? You know how tall a road sign is? The water is right up to the top of the road signs. Uh, and right up to the top of the telegraph poles where the wires are. Yeah. So people were having problem actually going underneath the wires. That's actually not, see that telegraph pole? That, that water was up as high as that wire. Yeah, up to the telegraph pole, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. this is just off uh, um, a media yeah, a media. Um, yeah, they're not showing it. Yeah, as good as what we know what happened. Meaning the depth of things. That's after it went down. Yes, yeah, is after it went down. Yeah, we were there um, on the Sunday night to just talk about my experiences. My daughter was asleep, and my granddaughter in my front room. There, they'd come down from the Gold Coast to relocate. Having problems trying to find a home is very difficult in Australia at the moment. Um, they're not building enough. They're not giving us enough homes anymore for people on lower incomes. So my daughter and my granddaughter were invited to come and stay. They brought all of their things with them and we put them up high as well in our studio, our art studio area. And that's about 15 metres. And we thought we were okay. Anyway, um, I'm sitting there um, the Sunday night at home and a voice came straight into my head and said, you need to go now. And I went, what? And um, you need to go. You need to move now. There was no mucking around. And my, my um, I've got to say my mouth went dry, very dry, and I got very, very worried, frightened, and I don't do that. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my goodness, I've got to move now. So I rang my friend to come pick us up, and it was absolutely pouring rain, like bucket loads of rain. I'm, I'm not saying light rain, and this has been going on for a long time. And... Um, she came down with her van and my daughter and I and my granddaughter packed a bag each and that was that. And we jumped into the car and uh, went up to my friend's house on Gerard's Hill, which is much higher ground. She has a big house up there and we went up there. Before that, though, we went to see where the emergency accommodation and services would be at the university in Lismore. Um, but we couldn't find anything. We saw ambulances. We saw other people looking around, but I could not find where the emergency meeting point was, which is ridiculous because I'm a Lismore resident and we should know these things. We should know where to go. We, we didn't have, for some reason, I don't know why, we just assume things um, and it's about safety in these waters, I don't know, Aussies are pretty resilient, yes, and we're tough, but you can't, you can't 
deal with something like that. That is mother nature cleansing completely. And um, yeah, see, Lotus, I wanted to ask you about that. What, what, what do you think the, the reason from a spiritual or original indigenous perspective is? Do you think it's mother nature cleansing? What, what's your idea of why this is happening? Absolutely. We live on a sacred site there. That river is a woman's sacred site. My Bunjalong elders, Auntie Mari Dilbridge, and I spoke about this after the event during a traumatizing healing day that I needed to see my elders speak to them because I had been given visions and dreams of exactly what was going on. I couldn't believe what I was seeing in my dreams the it was like the river was going through me and showing me the past the present what's needed in the future and in that dreaming came this um giant ancient being ancestor not very nice and came and crawled out of that riverbed and there's no stories about this in any books in the Bunjalong Nation, but this ancient being spoke to me and started walking along the land, along the riverbank. And um, so I thought I need to speak to the elders about what's going on here. So I went up to see them and I told them about what I'd seen in the dream. And they said, oh, yes, that's the ancient mother. She, she's cleansing Yes, the river is all about the women. In fact, if you don't respect that river, you'll die. We have had 13 um, men go down for ceremony in that river and died. They were taken over the years. Um, and this ancient being um, came out for a reason. And, they, and she's going to be out for quite a while. She's got a lot of work to do in the area. And we're in the way. They, it's like who decided to build there in the first place, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's bigger things going on on this planet and in different areas, you know, like, and, and this is a, a song line, complete song line. And now they're talking about changing the course of the river. You've got to be kidding me. <clears throat> you know, like that place is, is ancient and we have been trashing that river for years. There's cars in there, there's rubbish, there was a, a meatworks there, there was there's things in that river that shouldn't be in that river and nobody cares about it. Nobody's putting money towards cleaning it or taking care of it. Yeah. We're all too busy running around doing other things but, Beside the point. So do you think it's the wrath of Mother Nature, Sea Lotus? Do you think that she's saying, look after me? <laughs> I think it's a cycle is what I know. I mean, if you go back in history in 1954, it was the same story. You know, yeah. when are we going to learn? Like, um, Summer has joined us. She's in the car. Hi, Summer. And I see there's someone online, Joy. Joy. Who's, who's Joy? Who is Joy? Is she someone who wants to share her experience? No. Hi, Summer. Thanks for joining. 
Hello, I finally got enough reception. I'm up at the light, uh, the lookout over that Byron. Could, you know, that could be my sister, Joy, who's helped me so much here and then another earth healer. Joy, um, Lynn. Yeah, and yeah, that's it, my mum. It's, it's my mum, Joy's phone. <laughs> that's and my mum. I gave them the links thinking they could listen in. Um, there Hello, darling. The, these two ladies are amazing. And um, my mum, she's a medical herbalist and healed many people and given me my first uh, teachings and, of course, raised me up. But, oh, beautiful. Um, yeah, she's, she's um, 82 now, mum. Oh, um, lovely to have you here, Joy. <laughs> uh, well, Summer's got 10 minutes to share her experience with her. Thank you. Thank you, Sea Lotus, for um, sharing your right. experience. So we'll let Summer share. What's what have you? Because you've been displaced as well, Summer. Uh, yes. Well, um, the floods washed away the road access, um, and there's still no communications at home. So still no Wi-Fi or phone lines. Um, the the flooding cut straight through uh, all the ADSL cables that run up into the rainforest. So it's been um, lots of being here and there uh, to be able to do my job here. So much as I'd love to go home and sort of just be up in the forest and out of communications, and um, that would probably be my preference, to be honest, just, just to be up there and not down here doing all the things. But, yeah, here we are. Thanks for your patience. I finally found enough um, range up here at the lookout over Byron. So I can see that it's not raining there today because it was pouring here. It was pouring here uh was pouring here this morning like I was up in the northern rivers area just before Christmas and it started raining and then I got sick and then came back and it really has not stopped raining since then it's we've not- had we've had like punctuated days of sun like we'll have one or two days of sun or maybe a couple of overcast days and then it will be deluge every other time I have never ever mm-hmm. ever yeah. seen the weather do this ever in all it's my sun- life over there, I'm sorry to say, it's all grey clouds. Yeah. Over the forest and over the top of the. Um, so I live back over that ridge over there, and then here over the bay, there's some sunshine. So it's interesting. It's actually like another climate up there. Usually, even at the best of times, it gets more rain. You can drive 25 minutes to town, and it's a sunny day. And what have you? What have? What are the experiences that you've been witnessing with the floods up there, Summer? Look, one of the main things. I mean, on my road home, we now have some four-wheel drive access. Um, there's been a mudslide that takes up oh, I don't know how many kilometres of road, you know, where entire trees came down. Um, and but further up the road, what was dirt road? alongside a little creek is now no road and a giant riverbed so it's and these huge boulders that have washed down the mountains so there's little pockets of community that have stayed on the land many have been up there most of their life and so they're remote they're cut off there's no communications there's no road there's only foot access uh, out by you know hiking and a lot of them are choosing to stay um whether or not there's ever going to be the same type of access uh, is going to be another story. We don't know. We don't know yet. It's yeah. a lot of unknown. But so it's, I, um, that's one of the places I'd like to speak because it, it, it's my community out there that are, you know, so cut off 
and like I said, many are choosing to stay. I think I would too if I didn't have other responsibilities. So I'm going to throw it open to the group now. What 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 is what is everybody's opinion of why you think this is this is happening? The the rain. There's a lot of talk going around that it's been manipulated. That um, that you know they're making this happen with some sort of directing chemicals into the clouds and making it rain. I don't know. What do you all feel about that? Who wants to who wants to go first? Look from my perspective, the science has been predicting this for a long time so any word unprecedented around the floods I um kind of <laughs> needs to be revoked um we've been talking about the floods and the fires and all the things that have been affecting us um here in the community for you know decades um that's that's my my stance on it it's like that thing that's been spoken about for decades it's here we're here we're in it yeah, I have to say with a lot of channelers and, and psychics that I've had on the show over the years, uh, Mother Gaia um, shaking and making huge climate reaction has been uh, a, a topic of conversation that's been talked about for ages as a part of the shift in, um, in this world that there is this massive, you know, trembling of the earth in, in many ways. Uh, and we saw that with the Australian fires in 2020 and, 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 now, and now the floods. But, but disaster does happen all over the world all the time. There are earth slides and floods and fires all the time. Is it, get, is it more prominent now? Who else wants to put in their thing about what do you think is happening? I'm going to start driving again, so I might lose you. Okay, Summer, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Glad I caught you. Great. Yeah, what do you think is happening? Uh, <clears throat> well, I've be I've I've picked up this book, and I think Heather's been reading it too, which is the People of the River. Heather, have you did you did I see somewhere that you were also reading it, um, which is the history of the Hawkesbury Nepean Basin? Mm -hmm. And in the reading of it, I've been reading about um, huge periods of time where there has been rain for something like you know a, a sequence of a thousand years. Um, and watching all the different climate shifts and the different plant life that has emerged through these different um, climatic um, situations. So in the context of that, just here personally, I'm, I'm only speaking for half ground here in my lens of perception right now, is that I've gone down to the place where the two creeks meet uh, behind my house. And, you know, that creek is a lovely, innocent little trickle at the best of days. And I looked at the land formation and I could see almost so clearly what is actually how the waters there have shaped the whole of the landscape over thousands of years. And I've noticed it in a way that I would never have noticed had I not had that lens. And what I can see is <clears throat> that the catchment area over thousands of years, the waters have come together to form these two rivers which have collided, which then have gouged out that cave area that we sit in. You know, that lovely cave where we... Um, our little conversation cave and mm. then I've watched the shape of the rock next to it and I go wow this is where the two creeks meet the impact hits up against here gouged out this beautiful cave and where the the water flows it's created this smooth wall and uh, shaped and formed um, the landscape here so I've um looking at it through that lens and um 
The other thing that came to mind really strongly as soon as you asked me, um, would I invited me to speak today, was I was uh, brought to mind that film called Don't Look Up on Netflix, which is um, to do with a meteor, you know, or something, a comet heading really fast onto planet Earth and how I think, you know, Meryl Streep's the president of America and how there's this dissociation from the forces that be no one um, wants to be moved out of their comfort zone uh, to actually see what's going on. So I am not about to join an argument about climate change, who's responsible, who's seeding, who's doing what. What I am about is that this change is here now. Yeah. And what we're needing is um, it's not a future thing. We're in it now yeah. and we need um, governance with compassion to put in proper responses uh, to these situations. Um, how do we plan differently? Not turning a river around. You know, I agree, um, Sea Lotus, with that ludicrousness, you know, that energetic flow is there. How do we be with it? How do we adapt? We're in the adaptation process right now. Uh, we at Half Ground are also being called to adapt. Um, we, we don't want to be constantly online, you know, with a... Um, you know, with a, a crowdfund and, you know, drawing on that beautiful energy of community forever. Um, we want to actively work with the climate and, um, and its conditions by building differently and starting to create educational pathways. So for me, it's about um, the creating and the building of compassionate communities. Mm -hmm. And within that, I, well, I've just got the floor. I just quickly want to just mention this thread here about community is um, our neighbours over the creek, uh, over the way here, you know, you'd, you'd casually give a nod to them as you would drive past. Hello, how you going? Well, through this flood, I could easily open up their door, go in and use their toilet without even asking. Yeah. Um, that's that's the level of intimacy that was generated where the community actually um, supported e each other in ways that we maybe don't share the same value systems. It does not matter. Yeah. We've been all pulled together into this pool. And yeah. to have this extended love of community through the vision keepers and the, the you know our Facebook groups and all of that, uh, has been so wonderful and so beautiful. I just did yeah. a stream of consciousness for myself on Facebook. It just gave me an anchor every day, just a little something, you know, and uh, having that holding because we were all brought into a state of chaos and out of chaos comes order, but we cannot be bound by this ridiculous governance of greed and power. That has to stop and has to end. And guess what? There's an election soon. <laughs> yeah, there's an election yes, down under. Yes, and they're soon. going to be in for quite a surprise. Um, uh, yes. That's for sure. But um, yes, I, and you, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like the second flood that came through four weeks later, where I'd been relocated to, I couldn't get home that that night. Um, the little creek had come up so fast. Literally had to reverse the vehicle in the dark up the hill and pick a spot, like pick a house in Rouse Mill Road and just go, well, I hope someone's home. And there was a light on and I went in and I had to knock on the door literally and introduce myself 
at 8.30 at night to a family I'd never met before in my life and say, look, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to sleep in my car tonight. I can't get back to my place. Um, I've been in the floods. I've relocated here. Didn't realise the creek was going to do what it did tonight. Can't get home. And they just were like, come on in. Let's make you a cup of tea. There's a bed here for you. Um, I'm such and such and such and such. And these are our children. And please stay. Yeah, the thing about disaster is it does. It was all about. It does bring out the best of humanity, doesn't it? It unites us. It certainly does. And then you hear the stories about what happened for their family. They weren't affected, but their family members were. Yeah. In Woodburn, their old mum nearly died. You know, people were stuck on roofs. My friends were cut out of roofs. I was on phones. I was on radio asking for assistance from the Australian Defence Force on Monday morning after the floods. It was me being, seeing who I was. It was interesting in growth because there was, it was like something else stepped in and took over for a while. And that was the only way I could cope with what was happening around me. And so my skills came forward to assist as many as I could, including asking Dave Onyx to come down with his um, people and surf skis and, and actually literally come and rescue people. Yeah, I asked Dave to come on today, but he didn't get back to me. Uh, anyway, he's yeah. having some communication problems he's been he's been um taken off facebook so many times for posting things that facebook doesn't like <laughs> and i asked captain yeah. captain uh, graham hood to come on but uh he doesn't seem to be able to see my messages anymore he just say he gets like thirty thousand messages a day so he does bit, yeah the, the two men i know they're very um, good men but who else wants to yeah and uh heather do you want to what do you think why do you think that this is happening well across the world really i think that yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, if I can just speak for a moment. I, I, I really go along with what you is saying because we have been prepared, we as people who are able to trans, transmit information, you know, from other realms. You know, we've been guided that this was going to happen, I think, and prepared for it. Like anybody who's going through this consciously has obviously had a whole lot of other experiences to prepare you for this experience. And I think that what's happened is that, yes, it is time. I think there's a lot of influences. We have a lot more media coverage, private media coverage that we can share experiences. So it's going to amplify our experiences. Um, And I think we have to be really aware of this so that while we can see all this trauma happening, we have to also, my job has been to bring the balance in, you know, to constantly bring the hope in, the joy mm. in, the light in, the balance of this time, because we're not only being told this time's going to happen, we're being told this time is going to bring us into a place of absolute beauty and healing and um, consciousness that we've never experienced before. So for me, yes, okay, we're going through this, but we will get to a point and that point can be today you know it doesn't have to be in the future today we can harness focus on the light focus on what is happening and truly acknowledge the pain i mean i'm not one to karen you know me well enough to know i'm not one to bypass the pain and the trauma and i deal with that all the time with people in in my own life because that's my that's my way i walk um but you know you have to be 
powerful in your capacity to transmute that pain and raise that vibration at every moment in consciousness with your thought. And you know, just joining with the grids in, in, in the cosmic grids, the song lines um, of hope and joy and, and beauty that, that are around us and, and within us and awakening those so that we can manage to, um, to manage these times. And I think on a human level, that's happening through taking care of each other, taking care of community. Um, Sama started, a, she, she's driving, so I'll speak on her behalf for a minute, the Women's Village Collective, that came out of her own understanding, you know, of what that's like to be a woman with kids or a woman ageing and not having a roof over your head, these basic rights. And and so, so you know, to start that collective, even when when you're vulnerable, I mean, she's doing it now, she's vulnerable, she can't go home, but she's still out there working for people, taking care of the community, taking care of the council, you know, like been contributing at a very high level. And I think that's what we all have to do. We, we might be in that. No, not all of us can, no, um, you know. Just yeah. with the thought, just with the thought, you know. Yes, of course, yeah. Do those things physically, but just with the thought and intention and know, and sharing the vision further beyond the vision of this trauma, so beyond the vision, which is amazing. You know, we know that. We know that the light's triumphing. So, um, yes, don't deny this and please acknowledge Mother Earth's conversations. But also, I think what we've lost is that capacity to communicate with the spirits of the land, communicate with the spirits of the river and the rain and weather gods and, you know, like having daily conversations of gratitude when the sun does come out, get out there and <laughs> thank you. And I know, yeah, yeah, you give these beautiful bowls of food every day to Mother Earth and I'm sure then uh, the sea lotus, you do, you do the same sort of things. It's like the rituals that we do to appreciate and give gratitude to, to what is out there supporting us and has supported us for so long. I'll, I'll stop now. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> thanks, well, Heather. Thank you. thank you, gorgeous. What about you, Etty? What do you, what do you think's going on with, with uh, Mother Gaia? Oh, look, I feel like everybody else that we've this, this has been... You know, this time, we it, it has been prophesized and we've all been waiting for it and it is here. And whether you want to delve into, you know, the conspiracy theories or or just go with what is present, let's not, let's not go into story because there are always so many different perspectives of story and we actually really need to be with what is. Um, and change is upon us on all levels. And, and this is what it looks like. And it's only just the beginning. Um, and I think that, and I feel that we are so blessed to be in community and have um, this community and all the tribes that are awake, that come together in unity because together we have the power to see each other through this and walk together through to the other side, you know. And we don't know how it's going to unfold, but we do know that it is going to continue to unfold and things are going to continue to crumble and, and on all levels. So it's just holding the end vision 
and having the strength to walk together through it. Yeah. Beautiful, beautifully said. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, you've got something to say, honey one. Thank you. Thank you, Heather, and um, thank you, um, Etty. I really resonate with what you've both said very strongly. I just felt before I got offline that I just wanted to shift through. Um, I will let you know that every single belief system that I've ever had about anything was um, washed away, wow. completely washed away. Yes. Was, uh, <laughs> my very fundamental bones were um, cleansed and purified. And I stood like a, a naked, uh, <laughs> almost like a naked baby through the epic force and power of water. Our lives, our belief systems, our spiritualities uh, have all emerged out of the forces of nature. We've anthropomorphized, we've made stories, we've made whatever we've made, and uh, a state of chaos um, entered into my being. Uh, and I'm, I'm a ceremony woman. That's my work. That's my life. But I could, you know, Etty came and laid flowers when she came to help at the altar there. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it that day. I feel emotional to say it in front of you all. I was not ready. I was not ready for um, a gesture of tokenism in that moment. I mean, it wasn't a token on Betty's part, but for me in that moment until I had re-pieced myself back together. Now, what I want to say within that is that I entered in the mythological state of chaos. And as a Greek Australian, you know, chaos is part of our story. You know, everything emerged out of chaos and then order came. And the first goddess that emerged out of the chaos was Hestia, the half-keeper. Mm -hmm. so it's 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 being able to get my home back and my objects washed and everything realigned because I watched everything spin before my eyes because I had to deal with photographs from every aspect of my life that were in mud and cleaning them and hanging them and wandering you know and some very favorite precious ones disappeared and I questioned and what I uh, and out of that the light that the vision keepers held the light that our community down here held enabled um, me to come back into my own light so I can find my light now so I can shine that for others. And I think that's what we do for one another is, you know, we hold that light till another one comes through. Because if we stay in this space of chaos, our lives have no meaning, have no value. We are floundering on this earth existence and our poor soul doesn't um can't find a place to land so I feel very blessed by this profound gift and a, a 15 pages of channeled writing came through <laughs> Fabulous! And, um, <laughs> my, my hand was aching on um, Sunday I, and you know what happened I knew I had tears and grief because I thought what's wrong with me why haven't I expressed any emotions and um, I thought I had tears of grief but as the writing poured out of my hand I tears came pouring through me. I was alone. And you know what the tears were? Gratitude. Mm. Gratitude. I could not believe that the force that is there found me its worthy vehicle to pour these words out of my wrist. And I was in a state of gratitude. So I thank you so much for allowing me to get this out because fundamentally that was a very core experience that's just um, come through my um, experience through these waters. That's very exciting, very, very exciting. And thank yeah. you for sharing that. It, it's so healing to hear it. Um, 
and and the same experiences every night. I'm sleeping in the west door at the moment, and I never sleep in the west door. And I said to my my family, "Oh dear, I have to sleep in the west door." And I have never been so grateful to do so because each night I go to bed and my ancestors are there helping me and showing me and taking me places and See, I notice, have missed out what, for years on that. <laughs> what do you mean by the West Door? What's the West Door? The West Door for me, because I'm a medicine woman and I worked with Earth Thunder, my teacher, for many years and I hold the White Buffalo Calf Woman um, ceremonies, mm-hmm. um, the West Door is where the sun sets, wherever you are on the planet. Okay. And, um, and so I was always taught to be always sleeping north-south. And uh, this was the energy, north-south, to, to work with, not to sleep on that western-eastern line. So not to put your too head often, towards the too west. Often. Too yeah. often. Because, yeah, because so it's uh, very powerful. You were taught to very, put, very your head, put your head towards the north when you sleep so that your body is... Is, um, yeah. uh, uh, interesting yeah yeah and I have my crystal stones my healing stones which have now gone they went down the river um that I have for over 30 years you know and so letting go learning to let go of things yeah and re in reigniting something completely new on a different level right yeah very powerful yeah yeah with absolutely all- with all yeah. trauma, all contrast, all the trauma that we go through here on this this dimension, it, it, um, many gifts are involved. Many, many, many gifts, especially to, uh, especially to, I'm just reading here's some message here, especially to people who are deeply on their spiritual journey. And we talk about reconnecting more to who we are as spirit and not and, and being less attached to who we are as human. We're living a human life, but we are not this human life. We are the potential the potentiality of infinite potential of spirit. And then life comes in with its sledgehammer moments and says, you're too attached to this physical world. Let me just take it away from you. You know, years ago, uh, I was involved in uh, Brandon Bays's journey. She does the journey. I met her in 95 in Hawaii. And her story is that, you know, she had a, she had a tumor on her uterus or ovaries or down there somewhere that was the size of a of a watermelon, her husband left, was having an affair with her best friend. The tax department said, "You, you owe us millions of dollars." Like <laughs> it right. all Very hit much. her. It all hit her yeah. all at once. And all at once. <laughs> all at once. It's like her daughter wasn't talking to her. The tax people were asking for money. The husband's left. The body is, you know, like got cancer. And she said, "All of it was to like look into the eye of the tiger." I never forget. You know, she said it was all her an answering to her deepening who her spiritual journey and who she is as um as spirit channeling through a, hu- a human form and of course all that trauma happened to her and then she came out with the journey process and then she brought that journey to millions of people across the world uh yeah so these times of great contrast have many gifts even though it ain't easy going through them, right? Right, girls? <laughs> it ain't easy the losing sacred mountain. The sacred mountain here is called Place of Spirits. It's only 10 minutes drive from where I am, and I was at the base of it the other morning. I never, ever dreamed I would be here. Uh, but each night that mountain, I speak and ask for assistance, and this sacred site here hasn't been traumatised. 
like we have been. Um, possibly in the past, of course, but for now, very, very strong. And um, it's, it's definitely helping uh, me to assist the community in Lismore where I can stay stable and focused now. If I'd have stayed in that trauma of that place, I don't know. Yeah. So for me now to be here and to assist from a distance seems really appropriate. So, and, um, so you've and moved, the mountains um, agreeing with me. Yeah. yeah. You've moved from the Northern Rivers area, which is northern New South Wales, down to Tasmania. I have to say Tasmania is a mystical, fabulous place. <laughs> it, it's just it's so pristine down there. I love it. Um, I just saw a message from Susanna. Hi, Susanna Thornton, who's um, on, on YouTube. And I was just thinking, Sea Lotus, do you know Ananara? Connect you with Ananara. She's down in Tasmania. Um, I would like to. My friend Fiona told me she was here I met her many years ago I think oh, in Hawaii I think I was there oh okay so you two know each other yeah and I, you, and, and and you, from a long time ago and you <laughs> just said on the message here what did you say just to complete do you want to complete my year to say what you wrote here Oh, well, I just wanted to um, reflect something that Sea Lotus said about the being in the West and the ancestors. Is that correct, Sea um, um, Lotus? Is what I also experienced in in a in a you know a resonance in that is that I realize how incredibly powerful and resilient we truly are, and it's mm-hmm. what we've inherited from our ancestors, yes. and uh, <laughs> when uh, call on them actively, it's you call in a superpower to support. And I think in our Western culture, we've been so dumbed down and living these lives of mediocrity. Yet there's so much power within us that gets unleashed in these times and these experiences. Yes, I was just. Um, yeah I did I just I felt like I left it high and dry I didn't say that um, I'm back in with my ceremonial connection it is different Um, very different isn't it and very powerful yeah for the community yes still connected by our belly buttons to that place and no matter you know that's been the whole experience of you know like I said the river came through me so for 10 days they took me out I, I was literally vomiting literally you know in dire straits Mm. so vulnerable Mm. and that was just the purging of the emotions and everything that was going on for our people in our community yeah that was part of the healing so i've got a couple of links here where people can donate uh uh, year has provided one to her crowdfunding which personally goes to hearth ground and um, what's happening there in the valley and summer has provided one Yep, yeah. You've got your hand up. I would like to donate um, half of what comes through in this, um, if it comes through the Hearth Ground link, to anyone else that um, needs it that we can discuss in this group, whether it's the Northern Rivers Women's Community, um, you know, any other suggestions, you know, via Sea Lotus, I'm happy to donate half of what comes in from this particular um, group today. And Summer has provided a link to the um to the women's collective uh so you can donate there and see lotus do you have a link um for where people can donate i don't um i mean directly to me would be good um uh, dave on eggs did that on his telegram page for me and that helped all my family we you know i shared it with all of my family who were devastated I'm at the moment trying to rebuild my art studio um, 
I lost everything except for some USB sticks. Um, uh, is that, do you have do you have a link to Dave's crowdfund? Because I, I I donated to Dave. I have to say because when I saw the floods first happen, uh, I saw all the Northern Rivers people crying out saying that all the um, the rescues and everything were not getting through to the Northern Rivers. They were going they were going to Lismore and they were going to Queensland, but they weren't getting through to many of the people in the Northern Rivers. And Dave put up the crowdfunding, and I. I gave him some money. Yeah, the Aussie helping hands, yes, and that's actually been frozen, actually. And oh, it's been frozen. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. I know. He's had... helped me, he yeah. helped me uh, with the Bogabilla issue during the um, COVID um, problem there where people couldn't go and get food, and we had to fundraise and actually give the Aboriginal community food because they were being held hostage in their homes, Um Anyway, I won't go into it. But no, I we won't go. We won't there. go into that because I'm going to wrap this up now. But <laughs> if you if, if you could yeah. provide a link, I won't put your personal banking details no, on the um, on the. Well, but if people, you could, uh, if you, you know, if people would like to look up my Facebook page, uh, "Walking in the Footsteps of the Ancestors," mm -hmm. they can take a look there and leave me a message, uh, and I'm happy to share some something uh, detail if anyone wants to do that. But, no, I don't have anything on at, at the moment. All right. Or if anyone here would like to just take donations on my behalf, that would be great too. Fabulous. Thank you. And uh, I'll find some other links where people can donate to get to the people in, in need up on, on the Northern Rivers Queensland area. Thank you, ladies. Yes. Thank you for joining me today and sharing your stories. It's been beautiful. And thank you, Vision Keepers, for your kind donation recently. That will certainly go a long way in helping. Thank you. And please know that it, Vision Keepers um, is a page on Facebook if you want to look into that to stay connected and we can connect to future links and, and events <laughs> that could be happening for fundraising. Yeah. That'd be great. Thank you. Thank you to all the healers that did all that beautiful work for us. Yes, we've gone more public. So the Vision Keepers has just been to support the leaders in the conscious community, you know, leaders supporting leaders. But this year, Heather's put up a Facebook page and we're going to do an online um, event, aren't we? We're getting that organised. So we're getting more public this year rather than just being a private group where we're supporting each other, we're reaching out to, to the public. So That's do, beautiful. Do, do, I'll pop the link to the Vision Keepers page uh, under the thing, under the YouTube and the um, other streaming platforms that I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at the moment. Thank you, ladies. It's been beautiful. Thank you. Big love. Lovely to see you, beautiful women. Thank you so much, Karen, for initiating this. Thank you. Thank well, you, thanks bye. to Kat. Thank uh, you, Karen. Kat and Dara, actually, from Third Eye Salon, he initiated it and he asked oh, me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because he, he was just saying that people in the States were not getting any of um, information about the Australian floods, not like the fires a couple of years. So it was Kat's idea and then Kat had to work today. He couldn't come on. So he said, um, will you take this idea and run with it? And I said, absolutely, I'll take this idea and run with it. So thank, thank you again. You. <laughs> Big love thank to you. everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Karen. Bye. 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 Bye.